Are you yearning for something greater in your life? Well, welcome to the Simply Living Me podcast, where you can find a safe space to untangle the complexities of life and reshape your own version of success. Leave behind excuses, regrets, and guilt as we embark on a weekly journey within this non-judgmental sanctuary. Together, we'll explore genuine and raw subjects, offering simple yet effective solutions. Join me, your host, Charmaine Brown, as I share my inspiring transition from the corporate world to entrepreneurship, granting myself the permission and freedom to live a fulfilling life on my own terms. But that's not all. Brace yourself for captivating conversations with special guests who have successfully made the leap from their corporate careers to entrepreneurship. These remarkable individuals will openly share their personal journeys, offering valuable insights and wisdom to inspire and empower you to pursue your own entrepreneurial dreams. The Simply Living Me podcast is your safe haven, inviting you to redefine your path and unlock the courage within. Together, we'll uncover the true meaning of Simply Living Me, discovering the endless possibilities that await you on this transformative journey. Don't miss out on the chance to be inspired and motivated by those who've already walked the path you aspire to tread. So tune in and let's embark on this empowering adventure together. Welcome to Simply Living Me. Welcome to another episode of the Simply Living Me podcast with Charmaine Brown. I am super excited because my guest today is Radonna Reed. Y'all have no idea what you are in store for because we are dispelling all kinds of myths about the kind of work that you can actually do. Um, and that there is a space and a place and a need and a desire for people to uh, benefit from your gifts, no matter what they are. And so uh, my Ooh. guest, Anna <laughs> Reed, uh, is someone that I met in January of this year. Um, we were sitting, I was sitting in front of her at the R. Are you tired of the corporate grind? Dreaming of breaking free and becoming your own boss? Introducing the Corporatepreneur to Entrepreneur Program, the ultimate guide to confidently transitioning from your corporate career to a fulfilling journey of entrepreneurship. It's time to take control of your life, unleash your true potential, and create a business that aligns with your values. With the Corporatepreneur to Entrepreneur Program, we provide you with the tools, mindset, and expert guidance you need to build a sustainable business that thrives while keeping your well-being in mind. Picture this, waking up every morning with excitement, knowing that you're building something meaningful for yourself. No more feeling like a small cog in a big machine. You'll be the captain of your own ship charting your own course to success. Our program focuses on three core pillars, mindset, business, 
and community. We understand that success is not only about the practical skills, but also about cultivating the right mindset. Our experienced coaches will help you overcome self-doubt, fears, and limiting beliefs, empowering you to embrace your entrepreneurial spirit. But it doesn't stop there. We provide you with comprehensive business coaching, teaching you how to develop a winning business strategy, identifying your target audience and creating irresistible offers. You'll learn marketing techniques, sales strategies, and effective networking to ensure your business thrives in today's competitive market. And speaking of success, we don't want you to just make money. We want you to build a life of abundance. That's why our coaching is designed to help you make smart decisions, managing your resources wisely, and achieving long-term prosperity. Your business should support your life, not consume it. So join the Corporatepreneur to Entrepreneur program today and let us guide you on the road to embodying Simply Living Me. Say goodbye to the corporate monotony and hello to a life filled with purpose, freedom, and limitless potential. So are you ready to rewrite your story? Take the leap and become the entrepreneur you've always wanted to be. Visit our website, at www.corporatepreneur2entrepreneur.mykajabi.com and sign up for the program today. Your future self will thank you. OI Millionaire Summit in Puerto Rico by our bestie, Rachel Rogers of we should all be millionaires and uh, hello seven. And I don't know, how did we just kind of got, I don't know. We just started talking and connecting. I think it was just natural. Like we were just like, oh, this, and we just talked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is not unusual for me. <laughs> I don't know about same, you. Same, same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I I would love, I actually want you to um, share with our audience a little bit more about your background, who you are, what you do. And um, I just, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my gosh. Well, first, Charmaine, thank you for allowing me to be part of this and uh, for going through all of the technical difficulties that we've had to get here to discuss all of the things. Um, thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I'm Radonna Reed. I am your tarot BFF. My business is tarot life coaching. And essentially I help empower people to make choices for their lives that feel intentional and on purpose versus thinking that there's just like this one thing that we're supposed to do that we have to do. I use the cards to kind of like work through what possibilities there are. Um, and there are more than we think there are. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, do you want to hear about how I got here? How I, how I started reading tarot? No. You know what? I, yes, I do. Um, uh, let, yeah, let's start there because again, um, so Radana and I, of course, we've had our offline conversations. And one of the things that I found very fascinating when I went to 
this conference in January um, was that number one, there um, was this no judgment environment that there were so many different types of businesses. And I come from a pretty traditional corporate background and, you know, made my transition into entrepreneurship and still worked in a very kind of pretty traditional um, um, structured uh, consulting practice, right? And it wasn't until I just started to think about um, the fact that I wanted to coach women um, who want to make that transition from entrepreneurship that I started to see all these different ways that were not as traditional business um, modeled as I was used to. So I go to this conference, I meet all these people and they've, we've got burlesque and funeral <laughs> and artists and, you know, traditional businesses and coaches and consult any and everything that you possibly could imagine or not even imagine. And so I, um, I think it's important for our listeners and interviewers to understand that um, they're, they can literally turn any, any passion, any experience into a viable business. So yes, I want you to share with everybody how you even got into this to begin with. Oh my gosh. Well, I've lived many lifetimes. Um, I've, <laughs> you know, we all do. We have these yeah. chapters that lead us to where we're at today. Um, but I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19. Uh, and that was because I, I was studying journalism during the recession around to, between like 2007, 2011 ish. Yeah. So it was basically an industry that was actively imploding while I was trying to get a career in it. So I immediately recognized that what I was wanting to do wasn't necessarily going to be, it wasn't going to be a traditional path. No matter how I looked at it, it wasn't going to be get hired, you're, you're writing for a paper. Uh, that wasn't in the, that wasn't in the cards for me. Um, um, so I started like my own magazine and I tried to do it like an online digital space magazine. And basically I'm sharing this because I've been an entrepreneur for almost 15 years and it doesn't feel like that all of the time, simply because those first several years. And then in my second business, I was learning so much and every single business needs something different. You take what you think is relevant and then you, you just, you're kind of learning on the fly at the same time. So for anybody who's ch making those changes and totally switching careers, like for me going from journalism to content marketing, now to reading tarot, I've worn a lot of different hats. And it's, for me, it's been kind of a matter of getting more confident and comfortable wearing all of the different things mm -hmm. and showing up as my full self, no matter what. That's so the hard can part. We, can we talk about 
when you made the decision that the kind of the working for someone else and the environments that you were in and the path that you thought you wanted to go wasn't working for you. Did you struggle with that idea? Did you struggle with coming to grips (laughs) with that, this thing that I went to school for and I spent all my time focusing on getting to this place and now I'm here and I don't want it like was that real for you it it still sometimes is a struggle to think about it because I wanted to be I wanted to like the movies um like 13 going on 30 and um how to lose a guy in 10 days I wanted to be like a magazine editor like I wanted that so hard (laughs) and (laughs) I I had this just disillusionment with it when, you know, I started to recognize that the industry wasn't going to be as, I mean, it was going to be competitive one way or the other, but it got even more competitive. And I didn't think that that was really where I wanted to go. So there was a lot of, um, like, I would say like heartbreak, honestly, with it, a little bit of um, grief with it. But also just knowing what I wanted to do. There was just something when I was in college where I recognized that what I wanted to do in the world didn't exist already. Uh, okay. And I was like, okay, how how can I bridge this gap? Because uh, I noticed um, I'm a college student and all of these magazines are telling me how to like worship my boyfriend and like, you just I don't know be somebody some performative version of what I actually was yeah and I wasn't noticing very many magazines especially on a local scale or a regional scale that were talking about the issues that I saw my friends facing Mm. and the issues that were coming up for me so I think from the beginning it was I kind of had to be forced to work for myself and on my own, but also I saw just, there's just this, we know that there are these giant gaps in media and in society where people just aren't getting the kind of information and knowledge that they need. And even though my business has changed throughout the years, that core uh, understanding and that passion to help people kind of get where they want to go and give them information that's helpful that's that has stayed with me through every single chapter of my life like the common theme and the um the driver yes for a lot of what you do and I that's I find that really interesting you talked about um the grieving of who you thought you were supposed to be (laughs) And making that transition. And I can can absolutely relate to you. When I left corporate America eight years ago, I did go through a grieving process because I was like, who the fuck is Charmaine now that she's not Charmaine Brown of this company, right? Where this company and this identity and this role that I've had for so many years 
and you do, you kind of go through this grieving process and it's almost like a shedding of a lot of things. So you think about the corporate uniform, the corporate culture, you know, kind of all the things that I thought I loved, <laughs> but little did like, I know. Wait, now who am I? <laughs> a whole world out there. Now it's like, who am I? So I, I can absolutely relate to that. And I'm sure some of our listeners may be going through that experience now. If I leave what my identity has been built around that I've gone to school for, that I've worked my ass off for, that I've challenged, I've been challenged and felt like I navigated all these different things. What do you mean you don't want to be here anymore? What do you mean you don't want to do this anymore? That's tough. It's excruciating. <laughs> it really is. I uh, what's um one of the things that ended up happening toward the end of my second business when I started to discover tarot and just this electricity just like like flew through me I realized that I had been going by a nickname my whole life and my name I went by Ray Reed it was Ray Reed. I was going to be the reporter, Ray Reed, you know, like easy to say, easy to read, very journalism. And I'm like, that's not my name. That's literally not my name. It was, it was this whole character that I had built for these careers, for being in the media, being, you know, the content marketer, freelance writer person. and. I think shedding that whole identity and re coming out as something else, which is who I actually am. I'm Radonna Reed. I have a very cool name. I love my name. <laughs> like it was just this kind of explosive energy of I'm doing something different now. This is definitely a new, new chapter, but I had to like let go of what Ray Reed was doing and embrace this totally new version of who I am. Yeah. So I find that fascinating and also resonating because even after I left corporate eight years ago, I really truly just transitioned the work that I do, what I was known for into a consulting practice last year and I've fought myself for a few years but last year I finally put the stake in the ground and said no I know that I still have this and I you know that's a smart thing to do right we don't leave money on the table and there's always a transition period but I don't want to do that work anymore (laughs) yeah um I find value in helping individuals create systems and structure, right? Creating their own wealth, creating their own opportunities instead of working inside organizations where you're trying to build these structures and strategies and, you know, systems to help organizations do that. No, 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 no. And when you get really clear, 
then there is that electricity and that energy that you talked about. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is. Yeah. And what's interesting is somewhere in, you know, I would say the decade of my twenties, I actually did get a job as a managing editor for not just any magazine, but for, for a local women's magazine for, um, women in the area that we were highlighting, promoting, it was called the women's book. And I got to be in my role, right? Like this role that I had been working for, I finally, like it somehow just came to me. And I got to do all the editing. I got to do all the writing. I got to do all of the things. And then suddenly I'm, oh, and we actually even launched a, I live in Ohio. So we launched a, a chapter in San Francisco and, you know, we were doing the things I got to spearhead a, a, a second publication. It was called the girl's book a, where we highlighted nonprofits that were serving girls and the girls that were being impacted. And it was literally like my work. I'm like, oh my gosh, just the intersection of feminism and media. I am, I am the one. <laughs> like, I was so excited. And let me tell you, <laughs> that's where that disillusionment came <laughs> when I was like, so this isn't it. <laughs> this is this is the job that I wanted. This is the whole thing. And it still didn't like really hit the spot that I was looking for. And it, it felt like I was working, you know, way more than I really had the energy to work, the capacity to work. Um, and I think when that, when I realized that that even with the best case scenario for me, it still didn't work. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, like I do need to shift into something else. And I, I know that this was not the path that I was supposed to go on. Yeah. And it, it was just, go ahead. Sorry. It was fascinating. So you oh, got experienced <laughs> the thing that you thought you wanted and you realized you didn't want it anymore. <laughs> oh and, yeah. And I was sitting here listening to you and thinking to myself, I swear to God, I wish that more people didn't accept the conditions that they're in, right? I think oftentimes we, um, there's a level of just, you know, I'm supposed to work. I'm supposed to work for someone else. I'm supposed to um, work this eight to five. I don't know why people say nine to five because it's really eight to five. It's eight to five. <laughs> eight to five. <laughs> and, um, you know, I may move around a few times. I may be interested in climbing the ladder. And trust me, once you get up the ladder, you realize what the hell was I thinking? Why did I really want to do this? Um, and then you retire. <laughs> like, who said that that was the only way to be successful? to feel a sense of empowerment, to feel joy, to feel energy. There's so many other different ways. And so I appreciate you sharing with us that kind of that journey, but okay, you got to tell us how did you get exposed to tarot 
and what was it about it that made you decide to start a business around? Ooh, okay. So it, I used to say that it happened by accident because that's how it felt to me. It really did just kind of come, come, come to me, but no, that's not true. Right. It's not, it's not because the rest of it was following a calling. Like it was like, it just came into my life and I went with it, but I had an intern at the time where we decided that after one of our meetings, we were just going to hang out and do like, we were going to play with crystals and we were just going to like chill for a minute. And <laughs> she brings this tarot deck over and I'm just like, this is fun. This is cool. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like reading the instructions and I'm like, I think I could do this. All right, let's go for it. And I'm, I don't know how to even really explain how it felt to shuffle the cards, to pull the cards. And I could feel like my life force, like how a lot of people call it different things, but um, your, you know, your chi, your energy, your soul, your spirit, like I felt something just like come alive. And I understood what these cards meant so deeply. Um, and it's not because I'm like special or anything. I think everyone has intuitive gifts. I think everyone can read tarot. I genuinely think that it's more of just like, I, I gave myself a set amount of time to sit and listen and reflect and be with spirit. And I hadn't done that in year. I don't know if I ever had done that really, where I just consciously sat in reflection in a spiritual way. And that's a feeling like I will never, ever forget because it, it showed me really, like I have chills thinking about it, um, like that I had been just working, 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 grinding, 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 grinding. And even if it was for myself and at this point for clients that I was enjoying working with, I was not happy and I was not satisfied. And I felt just like, like I was just on some sort of hamster wheel and this moment came and it, it, it literally just knocked me back a little bit to, to make me look at my life differently. And it took me a long time to create a business out of it because what it was for me was it was my healing modality. I used it for healing for years before I started reading for other people. And in that time, I studied with a mentor. I learned um, mediumship in that time. Though <laughs> um, so I got to learn, again, things happened on accident. Like I was just introduced to her casually and naturally. Mm -hmm. um, right? Like, exactly. I'm like, hmm. But I learned about ethics of reading for other people and how to communicate information that's helpful um, versus what we see in, you know, TV, movies, uh, the scary tarot readings. Um, I learned a lot in that time. And then I think I just started reading for friends. And then I'm like, well, maybe I could just like set up at a little coffee shop for a few hours and then maybe I could just 
and it just kind of like slowly grew into something that is my business today, which is life coaching. <laughs> so, okay. Let me go back to, uh, Tarot 101. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is Tarot? <laughs> um, it's a set of cards. It's a deck of cards um that people use to gain insight for their lives it's really that simple um tarot specifically is a 78 card deck and that's what makes it different than other decks um a lot of people use it to gain insight for things that they're not seeing clearly um there's the assumption that it is used to predict the future. That's not what I do. Um, I believe that there are, yes, I'm like, there are probably some people who have been doing this who are like 80 years old and can probably predict the future and just be like, no, this, no. Most of us cannot do that. That is My not a kind of help. Right. With that. Exactly. Like, that's who we want to tell us what the future is. Uh, we don't need every person who has a deck of cards trying to predict the future for someone. And that's where the ethical piece comes. Like, you know, uh, telling someone the future isn't helpful. It, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's good or bad. It, yeah. It's not helpful. Right. Um, so the way that I read tarot is creating the future you want rather than predicting it. I love that. I love that. It's, you're using it as a tool amongst, I'm sure, a lot of other tools that you use. So in thinking about when we're coaching people, there are sets of tools that we use to help guide them through yes. the process. And what you're saying is tarot is a tool that you use to help guide them through a process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, um, oh, I have so many questions. <laughs> I know the second tarot comes up, it's like, okay, now we're getting and into I it. And I want to make sure we dispel the myth. It's like, um, so for example, I use certain tools when I'm working with my clients to help them vision out their future. Right. It's and it's about desire. It's about opening self up to um, to, you know, all the things that you've ever wanted that society has told you you shouldn't say you want because or we've been conditioned or it's multitude yeah. of things. You know what? If you want <laughs> five houses across the country or internationally, say it, put it down. Right. But these are tools that we use you use tarot as a form of a tool to help guide people through life so you're a life coach who's the ideal yeah. client for you who's the ideal client oh my gosh so i really love working with people who have a very who it's hard to say it but i'm just going to say it out loud who have a big vision for their lives and that big vision can mean owning their own business and running a business and becoming a seven figure business with five houses internationally. It can be that, but also the big vision could be, I want a family 
and I want health and I want wellness and I want something for my life. Uh, the vision to me isn't as important as the person who has it. So I want to work with people who know that there's something more on the other side and they, you know, they're like there and they're trying to figure it out, but it's those pieces that they can't quite put together. Um, and a lot of times it's the faith, the faith that like, it's like, it's, it's a pitter patter. It's like kind of, kind of there. The tarot is a really powerful tool for people in that specific position to let their, their life unfold um, and kind of see some next steps that feel divinely guided versus like logic. These are the steps I'm supposed to take. It's more like, here's what my spirit is calling me to do. And here's what I'm going to trust. Um, so I love working with people who are, are kind of on that precipice moment where they're building something and they can kind of feel themselves stretching into it, but they just need help with, from someone to kind of pull them to the other side. Oh my gosh. I'm, you, you might've uh, found your next client. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Well, speaking of, I, I think I shared this with you when we met. I had a reading done by a friend of mine who apparently comes from a long line of family members who are readers. And she probably doesn't describe herself that way, but that's how I'm describing her. And she gifted me with a reading because I had... Um, invited her to a conference and she was so appreciative that she wanted to do something for me. And it was at that time, I, we had just moved to Michigan and I was kind of stuck in this, you know, oh my God, I really want to do other things, but this is what I'm doing now. You know, when I tell you to this day, I will never forget that experience because she was so on point. She called me out in a very, called me in, in a very loving way and basically said, I am not, how does she say, how does she, you're holding back. Ooh. And I was like, what are you holding back? I'm doing all the things. And you're like, you know me, like what? You hold back. And as I think about it today, I still feel like I'm holding, like I still hear her saying, I hold, you're holding back. I see you doing these things. And while now I'm on the path to that, I still remember that. I still remember her describing what Clifton strengths. Um, my first strength finder is woo, winning others over, right? She Whoa. described that ages ago and said, you, well, first off, she, 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 uh, this was the funny story. I think I did tell you, Radana. we, so we were talking about um, all the things that she had found out about me. And she said, I'm going to ask you a really serious question. I want you to be very honest with me. Have you ever had a uh, affair? on your husband I'm like what? you're like ah, uh. no and she says okay so long story short 
what she said was people, both men and women are attracted to me, but not attracted in the way of, you know, sexually or anything, but that I have this energy that draws people to me. So I was so thankful that she dug deeper <laughs> to yeah. come up with that as the what she was seeing. Uh, yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> it's a little more helpful. You're like, excuse me? <laughs> I was. Um, and so I think that there is with the right person who has the right ethics and who also creates boundaries for someone who may not fully understand what it means when you first enter into um, an engagement like this, right? Um, It was powerful. Oh, I'm so glad you had that experience um, because it does, it it sparks something. Yeah. It launches this aha, this, this like, oh, I didn't even think about it this way. And that's because we're conditioned, even if we're breaking out of it, we're still conditioned to kind of think small. Yeah. And the tarot is like, no, 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 no. Wait, <laughs> there's more. There's so much more to you. Um, and I think what's fascinating for me is, you know, I don't know a lot of the people I read for, not well. Um, and I, that's why I go by your tarot BFF, because just like that conversation that you had with your friend, that's how I read for others in a way that's assertive, but gentle. Um, I'm going to tell you what the cards are saying and what's going to be most helpful, but it's going to be in an enthusiastic way. Um, And it's from a stranger. So I have no stake, you know, I have no reason to hold back. I have no, like, there's no reason for me to, like, I think sometimes um, people feel like they're just being told what they want to hear. And when you're working with a tarot reader, especially someone that you trust, like, you know, that you're going to get what you need to get. And it's going to be with love. And I think that's, that's the important part because it is very scary and vulnerable. Very much so. Oh yeah. But it has impact. You know, that's why the words that a tarot reader says is they're really important. Yeah. They, yeah. they will linger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it, it has stuck it is definitely stuck. like it's, it's there. <laughs> it's totally in there. <laughs> I love that though. That's so good. So, um, what have you found to be your biggest challenge in this work? Oh, okay. For me personally, I mean, part of uh, our conversation today is that my industry is, is non-traditional So in that vein, if someone is starting a non-traditional path, that's what I'm going to share as my biggest challenge, because there there are lots of challenges. We know this. Um, They are just one after the other. But the biggest one with a non-traditional path is there, there really isn't a framework for me. There really wasn't something that someone was already doing that when I saw it, like, yes, that's what I want to do. So I have to be very intentional and mindful about creating it. 
which is empowering and liberating and wonderful, but also there's a lot of trial and error, like doing something that is not a common household practice or something that people, when they hear it, they understand, they can check mark and be like, yes, I know what this is. Um, there's a lot of learning of how to discuss it. And I'm still learning that, especially as now that my business is growing and I'm working with people who are in more traditional paths, uh, explaining it in a way that intersects in, the, in both worlds, that, that's very challenging. Um, and I think also overcoming then the barriers of what pop culture has said about my industry, about, um, you know, there's a lot of, for me personally, with tarot, there's a lot of uh, religious, con you know, context that's really important to understand. Um, and then also, there is a huge, huge problem in this industry of people who are scamming and scammers. So with a non-traditional industry, there's just going to be unusual uh, circumstances and challenges that aren't the same as, you know, maybe someone who um, is a life coach with like a more common framework or like someone who's like, I'm a bookkeeper. This is what I do. Like that's so straightforward. It's the challenges of starting something non-traditional are, are basically like you get to define what it is, which yeah. is empowering. And also it, there's a lot of pressure on it. Yeah. And, and let's make sure we are clear. There are scammers in every industry, no matter. So true. Yes. No matter. <laughs> so it's like. You know, for whatever reason, when we are unaware, we put these stereotypes and names and to things because we don't understand it. We fear it. And, you know, the spirituality piece of it or the religious piece of it, I, it probably, um, if I, from the world that I come from, that seems to be the biggest barrier to someone exploring tarot um, because of their religious beliefs. And, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, again, there's how many millions of people in this country and around the world, there is some, there is a, there is a client for everybody, right? 100%. And, you know, a lot of the people who, <clears throat> especially in the earlier days, a lot of the people that I was working with are people who are recovering from religious trauma and they've always been interested in this. And they're like, how do I navigate both at the same time? And there's a way like tarot isn't um, uh, like denominate, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it doesn't. Non-denominational. It... Yeah. Like and it, it can and, apply. And we just say it is not witchcraft. It's not. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not witchcraft, y'all. And you know what's interesting is the way that I, because I started using tarot as a healing modality, it was a way for me to tap into my spirituality and have conversations with spirit 
that I was not able to have before. And I think everyone needs something like that, whether it's nature or the Bible, like there's something where you can pick up on spirits messages, no matter what. And for me, tarot really works. And I found a way to also pull messages through that are not just for me, but for others. So, I mean, that's where I've taken it to the next level of having a business with it. But if there are people who are watching this or listening to this, um, who are like, okay, I wanna tap in, but I don't know about tarot, I'm not totally there yet. I recommend starting with like a book, a book that you really love, whether it is the Bible, maybe it's, um, maybe you have like one day at a time or some sort of book like that, um, an affirmation book, like chicken soup for the soul, I don't know just sitting with it for a second, holding it in your hands, being present with it, and then just flipping to a random page in that book, you're going to get what you need because you just sat there for just one second and you were sitting with your energy and you trusted yourself to flip to the page that gives you a message that you need for the day. It's the same type of practice. It's just tarot is a, a system, a set of cards, a, a structure. But the feeling, if that if you're looking for that feeling and you're trying to tap in, start with a book, <laughs> just a book that you trust and love. That part, that was golden. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. But I guess if I had not said it's not witchcraft, you may not have shared that. It's true. Because it's really just, it's your feeling, you know, it's like, it, it's just we are also taught that our intuition is not reliable. And we're taught that our logic brain is the only one that we should listen to and it's important and it's helpful and we need our logic, we need our intellect, but there's just so much more to us. And because we're taught that we have to kind of look through one, our life through one lens, it does make things like this feel like witchcraft. It feels like un, it's unexplainable and it's scary and it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, that's witchcraft. I'm going to put it down over here and not listen to it. But I think what happens is that becomes a barrier to our own self-reflection because our intuition is there. It's there when we meet someone for the first time and it's like, oh, I don't know about that. And you get this like creepy feeling and you're just, yeah, you're like, no, but then you're like, there's no way I could know that. And later on, you're like, okay, first impression, first thought, I, okay, I kind of knew, right? Like we have these inklings all the time or like some, you're thinking of someone and you're like, this is random. You call them and they were thinking of you or like we have it all the time. It's just giving ourselves permission to trust ourselves enough to follow it and follow it in a way that makes us feel safe, comfortable, and empowered. Like that's, that's the work of it, but we all have it. It's just kind of like breaking through the barriers of what we're supposed to do or should do or allowed to do and kind of getting through to what we want to do, what we actually desire and what our body, heart, like mind, soul, all of it are trying to push us toward. And you literally just described in a way much more eloquent, eloquent way what Simply Living Me is really all about. 
Yes. <laughs> like we're, we do very similar things, but have different modalities, right? Like yeah. it's just pushing through and, and breaking through that. Like, I don't like using the term of glass ceiling because I think we all, I think really what it is, is we all have our own glass ceilings. Um, I, I, when I, I learned Reiki also. So that's one of the things that like on the path, I was like, let me just learn all the stuff, you know? Um, but when I learned Reiki, we were doing a, a meditation and I will never forget this visualization that I had of this glass. Like it was like I was sitting there and I was feeling all the energy moving through me and literally a mask came off of my face in my meditation and it was a glass mask. And then it just floated into the air and just kind of like poof, turned into like fairy dust. And I was like, I know. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, I didn't know I was wearing that. I didn't know that I had this limitation of society or perfectionism or like whatever, like, all the shoulds of my life were this mask, this glass mask on my face. And I think we all wear one. It's just becoming aware of it enough to like get some distance between it and then letting it kind of like go so we can become who we truly want to be. That's, I mean, again, that was my own healing journey, but that's really like, that has informed how I read tarot because I'm like, if I was wearing that and and I didn't know it. I think we're all wearing these like we are masks. We are for the all the reasons you said we've been conditioned that way. And there's even intersectionality when it comes to what we've been conditioned with based oh, on yeah. who we are, what experiences, our life experiences, our community experiences. Um and I was, as I, you were talking about the glass mask. So we're talking about our, our personal glass ceilings, not yes. the organizational glass ceilings yes. that people think about, but your glass ceiling was this glass mask. Whereas I think about the mirror. Ooh. So, um, and the mirror is you're constantly looking at yourself you are reflecting of yourself in some way, shape, or form. And that mirror reflection keeps telling you or reinforcing those negative thoughts, those negative behaviors, the what you can and what you cannot do. And all of a sudden, as you were talking about the, the glass mask, I thought at some point as we work through the shit, <laughs> Yeah, it is shit. <laughs> that mirror breaks, but it if there was ever such a thing as turning that mirror into glass, and that glass then gets shattered because you see something different, you see life different, you realize that you put yourself in this box, in this glass box, mm -hmm. right? The mirror turns into the glass. And when you get to a place where you can shatter it, and trust me, I have no idea where this is coming from, but <laughs> I just kind of see these like steps of 
transforming and getting yeah. to a place of real what it really means to embody simply living me oh hell yeah <laughs> like yes it's like we don't know we're in the box until we become aware and we have something that goes oh like wait like wow. what is this <laughs> What is this? What you mean? I'm 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 holding myself back. I thought I was out there, you know. It's oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of the things that I really love about this conversation is one, how unique it is. The work that you do is very unique, but it's boundless work. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> and I think that no matter what form of healing or processing that people choose, the modalities you talk about, um, that this is a really interesting one that, I don't know, there's a level of peace or, or I don't know what it is that we get so busy with life. We get busy with all the things that we have to do that it becomes super difficult to stop and really be in that moment. And I find that people who do what you do and, um, you know, other forms of modalities where just being around you centers you, just being around you kind of slows your thoughts down and helps you to just really be in the moment. And I don't know if others have expressed that to you, that that's how they feel when they're around you. Um, but that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. Um, it has been said to me, but what's interesting is, you know, that imposter syndrome, mm. you know, that like, Oh no, everyone's like, it's like, Oh no, I'm like, I'm, I'm just sitting with it and I'm receiving it. And I'm like, Oh, maybe there's something to this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of imposter syndrome, the hag in the attic bitch. In oh the yeah. Head. Oh, she's so mean. She's <laughs> Oh. Well, is it really a she? No, I don't know what it is. It's an entity that is I don't know. It, yeah, it's like bleh. Well, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, we fight every day with it, right? And it's true. That's that's normal. It's normal, and it is a necessary. We have to focus on it every single day, because what does it do for us? And it's right, you know, it's insidious too. So if we are not actively paying attention and aware that it exists and aware when it's influencing, you know, our responses, our energy, our attitude, our, the emails that we choose to send, the chances that we want to take we don't recognize that it's kind of there in between us and where we want to go it'll just stay there 
it'll just be there and kind of hang out, <laughs> influence our life on the daily. Happy with my life. Yeah, this is fine. No, I'm on fire. It's not fine. <laughs> Love's misery. Um, it's uh, one of the quotes that I've recently uh, been sharing on social media is if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Oh, so good. And I heard that from Rachel Rogers who heard it. She couldn't remember who told her that. And it is so freaking true. Absolutely. And it's hard work. I think that is probably one of the biggest like mental health and wellness and mindfulness and mindset are such a huge component of entrepreneurship that I don't think going into it because you're like I have a skill I have an idea yes let's do do it what you don't realize is every single day you are tasked with motivating yourself to keep doing it Absolutely. Even when it's difficult, even when things are not going well, and that voice wants to get really, really loud. It's, that's the underneath stuff, the hidden curriculum type of stuff that's like, we have to learn how to manage our mind while also trying to do the external, outward facing entrepreneurship things. Most of, I, I honestly think most of my mental work is just focusing on keeping my mindset healthy and focused. Read. It, I think that's more than the ideas and how to execute them. It's, Absolutely. can I do this? Yes, I can do this. It, it's, it's that constant uh, conversation with self. And I think, I think I would tell more people about that if I could. <laughs> Uh, listen, that's a whole nother session. Okay. We might have to come back together to talk about part two. <laughs> part two of all the crazy thinking that goes on in our heads that people would be like, Oh my God, not you. Yes. Me. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Yes. I mean, we see it all the time. Happy. Like people who seem really happy are really, really struggling. So it's important to remember that we're, we all, we have all of these sides. And our goal isn't to be happy all the time. Our goal is to be well. Our goal is to function. And for entrepreneurs, there's another layer to that. For entrepreneurs who have families, there's another layer to that. For people with disabilities, there's another layer to that. Like we could just keep adding the layers. So mental health and wellness is literally the number one, like business practice, business uh, focus. I think any entrepreneur should have um, before anything else, because if that's not right, everything else really suffers. Yeah. So we have to be, we have to connect with our energy and our spirit in whatever way makes sense. So we can still feel excited, at least a little bit excited <laughs> about the work that we have agreed to do, the work that we've <clears throat> It's getting choked up, like divinely, like we've been divinely guided to do a certain thing. So it's like keeping ourselves motivated to do that. Like that's the number one, that's the trick. That's the key. Do you have, do you have a squad that you 
lean on as well besides your inner <laughs> your inner mindset work do you have you know your squad of support absolutely um and just for a little bit of background um i have been like my 20s while starting business also in kind of one after the other very unhealthy uh relationships and part of the unhealthiness is isolation. You become isolated in your struggle and you're not able to communicate with people what's going on and how it's happening and what, you know, like you just become very, very independent in a way. And what I've learned from that and how it helps my business now is anytime something's not right and I'm struggling, I will communicate it immediately. I will share with my group of friends who I, you know, the inner circle who I trust very much. Um, like, okay, I was great this morning today, this afternoon, something just happened and I'm, I'm going down fast and they will come through very quickly with the, you need some food. Uh, you want to get on a FaceTime, you want to, you know, you want to hang out. And I think what's important and what I, I think may be surprising is I thought people would just think I was crazy or dramatic or whatever, but we all have thoughts like this. So when I start sharing, they can start sharing and we can start being a support system for each other. So without a squad, I, I mean, I couldn't do this. It would all be in here and it would just be me in my box and that would be it. But I have learned the hard way what isolation does to the human spirit. Like we have to be out. We have to be talking about um, what what's what's really going on. Otherwise, we're all doing this thing where we're performing. And that's the exact opposite of what we're going for. That part, um, we are performing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think too. You know, I, I've, I have a client who, um, you know, they're going through a lot. Like there's a lot that's happening in their world. And they're like, how can I be coaching people if I don't feel good? And I'm like, that's exactly why, because they also don't feel good. They're drawn to you for a reason. You have similar challenges and they don't want someone who is perfect. We don't want to work with someone who's never been through a struggle. We don't want someone who doesn't know how to actively manage anxiety, depression, financial struggle, whatever it is. We want to work with people who have stories, who have experience going through the shit. Right. So it's like the more that we just lean into the truth of who we are, the more connected and um, expansive we become. And I think our brain wants to tell us the exact opposite. And we have to see that as a lie and everything else that brings us closer to connection, that vulnerability, that like, that's what we need. So yes, I have a squad and I am in communication with them every single day, night and day. <laughs> Same here. I remember being in isolation um, and uh, when I finally kind of, came out of it, my friend said, you are robbing us of the gifts that you have constantly over the years have given to us. Ooh. Okay. 
full body chills. Right. I mean, like I keep, I'm getting emotional just Ooh. thinking about that statement and how it, because I used to be always be the mother hen, right? Everyone would come to me with their problems. I, I had a friend that I would talk to, <laughs> but not this crew. Um, and I, you know, and then it got to the point where I couldn't hold it in anymore. And they were like, you're robbing us of the gifts that you've given us over the years. And that just, it, it just let all the guards down. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm. Oh, I need our people. Like we, we are not meant to be solitary creatures. Mm-mm. So it makes us human is we, our ability to express feeling and sharing it with others. Like that is us being human. So, I mean, it feels really scary, but in, it, it is, it is a life changer. Yeah. Wow. So what's next for you? Oh gosh. Okay. I have so many ideas. My number two strength is ideation. So I really have to get like, I know because I'm like, Oh, I have so many ideas. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I recently launched a program for entrepreneurs and, and for visionaries. So even if it's not a business, something that is more, um, that's just that next step. Like what is the next step? Um, and I'm really excited about that. It's a relationship versus just like a one-time reading. What I have learned is that I'm a relationship kind of person. One-time readings are great. They're magical. We can all just be like, yeah, so much fun. But a month later, we're like, wait, how, what, what is I, am I supposed to still be doing this? What is going on? And we're, we're both just sitting in that place of like, do I text first? You know, (laughs) so I like to have a relationship, like something that is long-term, something that we can stay focused and together and truly where I can actually be a friend, supporter, and ally for someone as they're going through their path. So I just launched that. That's going really well. The next step is to create kind of a subscription model that is someone we meet once a month. We talk for about an hour, but you also would have access to message me anytime. Um, And that, again, is the relationship-based model. So moving out of just one-time interactions and moving into something that's more sustainable, fulfilling, meaningful. Um, and then on the creative side, because we're, we're, we're showing ourselves, we're, we are being who we are loudly and proudly. Um, I am starting to write tarot interpretations based on my experience of being in certain types of relationships, my experiences of being codependent, um, of being a perfectionist and not like, you know, that mask. Um, I'm writing the interpretations through that lens to help other people kind of come to an awareness of who they are and who they were meant to be. Um, So I think that's creatively what I'm really excited about 
right now because it's a little bit of like healing for me, but also letting my experiences help others. Like that is, that is like my, that's what I'm here to do. Is that a book? Maybe. Mm. <laughs> we have ideas. <laughs> I would love it to be a book. <laughs> no, no, let's do it. I know. I'm like, I have like kind of a, a theme in mind, but we'll see. Oh my gosh. Well, definitely to be continued and a whole oh, yeah. excuse for us to get back together again. <laughs> definitely. And I would love to read for you sometime. We can set yeah. it up anytime. Absolutely. I, I would love that too. Uh, yeah. I uh, definitely am in need of all the all the answers I can get. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh yeah. So so tell the tarot all, has it. <laughs> I know the tarot has it. My tarot BFF. Um so tell everyone where they can find you. I am your tarot BFF on Instagram. That is the most common. That's like where I am most frequently. So that is probably the place to look. My website is radonnareed.com. Um, that's radonna, R-A-D-O-N-N-A-R-E-E-D.com. Um, there's a little bit about my story there. And then of course, like the offerings that I have right now, um, those, I, let's just keep it there. Instagram and my website. That is the best place. That is really, really awesome. I listen, I have literally enjoyed our time together and it's awesome to share space with you and to talk about your work and getting to know you even a little bit more more intimate um this has been just full of gems lots of awareness and understanding i'm really hoping that our viewers and our listeners are really opening themselves up to different opportunities and this is absolutely one that i would put at top of the list um, so thank you so much for Donna for being here at the Simply Living Me podcast. Which oh my God. It has been a, a joy to be <laughs> today. Oh my God. Thank you for letting me be part of it and allowing me to share space with your listeners and viewers. It's such an honor and I feel, I feel completely blessed. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget, join us next week for another episode of the Simply Living Me podcast with Charmaine Brown.